Star Wars Action News is brought to you in part by Dorkside Toys. At DorksideToys.com, you can get the latest Star Wars toys, as well as Marvel, G.I. Joe, The Walking Dead, and more. Run by toy fans, you can be assured your order will be given great attention and packed with care. Sign up to their social channels now for stock alerts, reviews, and toy and movie news. DorksideToys.com. You'd be a dork not to shop there. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and convention coverage, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. Star Wars Action News, covering the whole galaxy of Star Wars toys. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Action News, 477th episode. I'm Marjorie. I'm Arnie. And we have a celebratory show this week. We're going to be talking about the Star Wars Celebration tickets that went on sale in Orlando. A little bit of news coming out of Celebration Europe, coming ever closer. And reviewing the and reviewing the Takodana Encounter 3 and 3 quarter inch figure 4 pack. And it's a very special episode of Star Wars Action News as we have Jake Stevens joining joining us. Jake, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Jake Stevens. As you know, um, I'm a co-host on Toy Run, the Star Wars action figure cast. It's something recent I've created with uh, my good friend Chris B. from JediBusiness.com where we talk about Star Wars action figures. And of course, we love Star Wars action figures. That's why we both also run Star Wars websites. Chris is the owner and founder of JediBusiness.com and I'm just past what I think my three-year anniversary of uh, creating from Forlom to Zuckus.com, kind of a Star Wars action figure resource, kind of celebration of, yeah, all things Hasbro, Kenner, Star Wars action figures. And let me just compliment you on your site. You have become one of my go-to sites for figure news and information. Well, I appreciate it. And that's, uh, that's what we love. So that's what we uh, cover. You know, we try to zone in really detailed on all the aspects of Star Wars action figures. So it's not just, you know, the figures and the variants, but also where have they showed up in pop culture? You know, where have they shown up in, you know, where's Kenner creation showed up in comic books? You know, it's kind of everything surrounding Star Wars action figures and related. And so, yeah, we have a great time doing it. And uh, so happy to be on the show. And we're happy to have you join us. And I think the biggest news coming out of this past week was last Wednesday. The tickets went on sale for Star Wars Celebration 8, or since they don't want to keep numbering them, Celebration Orlando. Are you going to that, Jake? Absolutely. Absolutely. I secured a pass. Just wanted to be on the cautious side, you know. Typically, I've earned uh, passes in the past, but I just didn't want to, you know, in case some weirdness happens and press passes don't go through and whatnot, so I just wanted to be on the safe side. So yes, absolutely, I'll be there. Did you go through the absolute madness of ticketing at your 
in Washington State, so noon your time? Noon you, my time. I was on at noon, and it was about noon 22 before my transaction was complete. And by that time, <laughs> VIPs were gone, hotels were gone. Yeah, it was... It was a slow process there at the beginning. And Marjorie was on the road working that day, so I was on my own, which was very nerve-wracking because after the report we had on our last show, yeah, Skookum Trooper. He made one, getting a VIP very desirable. He just really sold me on that. And here's the thing for me. I saw the price of a VIP ticket. It was $700. That was rough. But the past two celebrations specifically, but even before that, Jake, as you know, we were kind of talking a little bit off air. When we go to a celebration and we have a site we're covering it for, it's not like the average person at celebration where if you're out partying too late, oh, you could just sleep in the next morning. You don't have to see that panel. I get about three to four hours on average of sleep a day at a convention. Well, that's consecutive. It's not like you're doing it while in a line. No, and it's not like it's extra sleep that I'm getting. That's about it, and I'm lucky if I get that. What's the rule? It's the five, two, one, five hours of sleep a night, two good meals, one shower every day without fail. <laughs> I never hit the five hours. Never. And then the last two conventions, we've run the Collecting Track Social Lounge there with the Vader case auctions and the live panels and everything. And so the past two celebrations, I have not gotten to do a lot of what I wanted to do. I've missed the opening closing ceremonies. I'm intentionally, but because I had other obligations, didn't go see Lucas Last time in Orlando, I didn't try for the Kathleen Kennedy, J.J. Abrams panel in Anaheim. And there were several panels that I did try to get into, but I would have had to spend half a day waiting in line. And so I feel like I want to make that up this next one. I want to be able to do stuff. But if I'm doing all this other covering and I'm doing all of this, you know, with the collecting track and everything, I need a fast pass. <laughs> and... The VIP ticket was very tempting for that. Oh, absolutely. Especially your review on last show. It, like I, like you said, it was pointing out all the perks and all the advantages. And yes, it would definitely make an active con goers trip so much more memorable. It's just unfortunate that, you know, it's a pretty high price, but also it's so limited. It is. And I followed Skookum's tip from last show. I had three computers going. I happened to work in IT, so I had no trouble getting three computers, one of them virtual, up at once. I was logged into the site and refreshing, refreshing. I wrote a program that would auto-refresh for me and alert me of changes. But then, man, did they trick you. They brought up the Buy Now link, and I clicked it, and it said Celebration Orlando took you to Celebration Europe tickets. Yep. And then they tweeted the real link. And so I got all three computers to the real link. And then they did something very smart. Their sites are hosted by the Amazon Web Services. And they, instead of slamming the servers, did a virtual queue. And what it said was, you'll be entered in to place your order in the order in which you entered this virtual room. Either their servers aren't well synced or it's just a lie. <laughs> 
But the computer that got to the page last got past the queue first, and it got there last by a good two minutes. Did that result in VIP passes? It did indeed. Nice. I got one VIP. Marjorie and I, I mean, it's just a, you know, a lanyard and a badge. I figured if there's stuff, Marjorie, you want to do, we talked about it. I could have bought two. I had no trouble. In fact, when I finished checking out with mine, I added another to the cart for Marjorie. So it was held in my cart for 10 minutes. I had 10 minutes to decide. And I did call you. You were in the car. And we decided, you know, we can share the perks. That's $700 a piece. Well, that's fantastic. You're going to have a great time. And that, like you said, that's going to make your trip, you know, with all your other responsibilities, a little more doable, I think, for you to actually enjoy the con. I really hope so. You know, it's it's not that I don't enjoy cons and I don't want to come out like complaining, but it's just there were certain things I never got to do. And the, the biggest one, this one really hurts me, is I was pretty close to Aaron Alston when he was alive. But I never imposed on him. You know, I never asked him to sign books through the mail. And at the last celebration in Orlando, he did a signing. And I got in line with a couple, his last couple of books for Star Wars. And the line was too long. And I had to get back up to the social area. And I, I did get to see Aaron. And I talked to him. But I didn't have my books with me. And I did, my mindset was, I'll see him again. And then he died of a sudden heart attack. That's one of those things that, you know, it, that is the epitome. You know, not getting into opening ceremonies, not getting to see George Lucas live. It's a little frustrating. Not being able to get an exclusive here or there, a little frustrating. But when you think about things like that, that's, you know, that's the experience I kind of go for. And so I'm hopeful that this will help me balance my con work with my con fun. No, and that's, and I think Chris and I talked about it on Toy Run recently. You know, it's the experience of going to the con. It's, you know, those experiences are great, but the time you share with collectors and friends that you don't get to see often is some of the most memorable times from celebration. Absolutely. That is honestly why we go first and foremost is to see friends we only see at celebrations. I've said it many times that the best part and my most favorite part of all conventions are my friends. I've got San Diego friends. I've got New York friends. You've got Orlando friends. And, you know, I I only see some of these people once a year, but it's great and it means it. And that's better than any panel. I don't know. Going to that J.J. Abrams panel last year at San Diego would have been nice. (laughs) <laughs> oh, unless you were like me and waited overnight among the thousands and thousands of people on a concrete floor. <laughs> we did that for Lucas at Celebration 3, and I swear when I went back to the Indianapolis Convention Center just a, like a month ago and walked through where we got to sleep on the floor, I think I had a little bit of PTSD. <laughs> Do you want to hate me? I can make your experience even worse. You walked right in, and you just walked right in. I know. I, I know. walked right into Lucas at Celebration 3, just at the back of the line and got middle of the room there. Was it his first, second, or third presentation? It was his second. See, by the third one, they had people out there barking, hey, come see George Lucas, seats available. Because mm-hmm. all the people who really wanted to went to the first one, and everybody else just figured it was impossible. Yep. But yeah, it's... Honestly, I wouldn't go to San Diego anymore if it wasn't for the people we get to see every year. Yeah. I mean, we cover it. We need to take photos of the toys. But 
we wouldn't have to go there in person if it wasn't for the people we get to hang out with and we only get to hang out with there. And I, you know, and so that is truthfully what I look forward to most about celebrations is that's when the majority of our friends from both coasts come together. And yes, I know a handful of people who are skipping their first celebration because it's Easter or because it's far away. Or honestly, I know a couple who are just, they're West Coasters and they're like, yeah, celebrations are becoming less must-dos because there's going to be another one two years later and it's going to be closer. But so many people are going to be there. That's what I look forward to most. And hopefully they get to I get to see a couple panels with them now. <laughs> I'm curious if this one's going to be bigger than Anaheim. Now, I know Orlando is a bigger complex. It's uh, definitely got potential for being much bigger. But I wonder if the turnout will be bigger now that Star Wars has return to the general masses whereas you know us dedicated fans have held down the ship for the last you know 20 years but now it's fully fully embraced by everyone i wonder how many more casual fans will show up to this i'm thinking it's starting to cool with the casual fans i have noticed everywhere i go there is just loads and loads of force awakens and star wars stuff on clearance not the toys not the toys well, there would have to be toys for them to be on clearance. But, just for example, my niece and nephew, my brother, didn't even tell them about the prequels. They only knew about the original trilogy for a long time. He took them to see it. They were enthralled with it. My nephew only wanted to be BB-8. He would beep and boop, and it was adorable. They've quickly moved on. He's now full-on into turtles, which I think is what happens with little kids. And Kids have so much going that it's not going to stay. Like it did when we had nothing else. But kids don't spend $120 on convention tickets either. Mm -hmm. What I think is, though, Celebration 7, Anaheim, was in the mass consciousness. And we were talking again just before we started recording. They sold out before the con, but only shortly before the con. But everybody was talking Episode 7. The trailers were coming out. Everybody was starting to get hyped for this new Star Wars movie. I don't know that the hype will ever be that big again. You know, I said that after The Phantom Menace. If you look at Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, lots and lots of hype, but not Phantom Menace-level hype where it was the first movie in so long. So I'm curious with coming in the aftermath of Rogue One, will the hype be as high? I don't know. I hope so, because people who love Star Wars are the best kind of people, but... I don't know if they'll go to a convention. I don't know if Orlando, being such a tourist destination, will get so many last-minute things as in the L.A. area where there's so many people who just live there that they could just wander in. True. And I wonder if we can look at Marvel as any type of predictor in this because, of course, the hype going into Iron Man 1 was pretty big. But then the second film was Incredible Hulk, which could be the Rogue One. Then the third film was Iron Man 2, but wasn't near as big as Iron Man 1. So people are going to be anticipating their third Star Wars film while hearing rumors probably at that point of a Han Solo film being made, you know, like you guys said, we're going to get a little bit of people who are going to be like, okay, this isn't a special because it's uh, never ending at this point. That's a little bit of a misnomer because Iron Man was such a D-list character until that movie. Yeah, that's a good point. There was excitement, but the theater was not sold out. I'd say the biggest excitement was for the first Avengers. True. And then Avengers 2 had less excitement. It still, I mean, did gangbusters and had lots of merchandising tie-ins, but it just 
when we went to Avengers 1, our theater had face painting and a massive, massive celebration. And when we went to Avengers 2, they had Avengers 2. Yeah. And then, so, what do we expect in uh, the episode 9 to be gangbusters then? Like uh, Avengers... Three. Oh, wait. That, sorry, that was Civil War. <laughs> I think it's going to be a very popular convention. I think Reed Pop is masters of working numbers, and so it may be the highest attended one yet. It's a much bigger convention. I'm... Very curious what they're going to have going on. I, you know, that's what it. That's the next step is people who buy tickets early like we do, we're spending a lot of money on faith. I mean, we're spending it to see our friends. But when we went to Celebration 2, Celebration 3, and to a degree Celebration 4, we didn't have that many friends from conventions. We went to go to the convention, and it's a lot of money to know you're going to an event but not know why. Sure, sure. Yeah, after Celebration 3, you were just going to celebrate Star Wars and not celebrate Star Wars in a certain way. Yes. Or for a certain property, yes. Yeah. Although, we got tickets, but we might be sleeping in or outside the convention center because I didn't worry about a hotel room, and then we started this call, and you showed us the hotel list, and, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, about 22 minutes in, like I said, is when my card went through or when my purchase went through and then it dumped me out to the book your stay through celebration and all but one, one of their affiliated, you know, lodging hotels was completely sold out. Everything else was sold out. They only had one available. So yeah, I don't know how they didn't predict this unless, you know, Easter is the go-to time for uh, SeaWorld and Disney World, but interesting how that was not made it more available. Thinking that there's going to be more rooms. Last time there was in Orlando, there were plenty of rooms. Orlando's a big town for hotel rooms. I wonder if they just released either a certain amount to kind of get a feel for it, and then there's going to be more. And keep in mind, people do cancel. That's some people will go and re reserve the room in the hopes that they end up can go, and then they end up not going. That is true. That there may be people that just you know kind of quickly booked a room because of course this whole convention was released on or announced on May the 4th. And I know immediately a lot of people all of a sudden at that point, since the dates were established and the location started reserving their hotels. A good friend of mine jumped online within the hour to book one for the Rosen, which is the one that's directly connected to the convention center. And they said, no, we're done. We're booked for that weekend. So People, you know, a lot of this list may have been already, you know, sold out by the time the tickets even went live. I just think more is going to open up, and I'm going to kind of play the waiting game here and see what happens. Yeah, they often do add more hotels, whereas they rarely add more tickets. Well, before we get to Celebration Orlando, we've got Celebration London coming up. And once again, we've got the pins, all the pin trading like we've got in the Disney parks. And if you've ever been to a Disney park, the pin trading is hot, hot, hot. Oh, boy, those pin traders were insane. And I still owe Robert a big thank you for hooking me up with that Greedo pin and everything. But... Oh boy, and now they're doing Force Awakens pins for London. The first set's already gone up for pre-order. And I know a lot of friends who aren't going to London who are like, hey, can somebody hook me up? Because crazy pin traders. Oh yeah, you'll need your pair of brass knuckles probably this time. I'm just so glad that isn't one of my focuses. I remember 
going to Star Wars Weekends in 2003, I think it was, with Ray Park and Anthony Daniels. Yes, because we were newly married and it was our first anniversary, remember? Mm-hmm. And I went to one of the Disney booths there and saw all the Star Wars pins they had. And it was the first time I had to reconsider completism because I was going to get every Disney pin. And then I realized it was going to cost me like $800. And I was newly employed and not making very much. So I had to limit myself to eight pins for that. But everyone has their focus. I'm refocusing on action figures and statues and busts and things. And so fortunately, I just don't feel the pull of the pins. But good luck to those that do. I know. They were really tempting at Celebration because, of course, their action figure origins by the fact that they were, you know, that was actually a fan-made poster that they then kind of adopted for those pins. And uh, it was all based on, of course, the Kenner versions of the action figures loosely. And so, man, it was so tempting. But the fact that, you know, a lot of those pins sold out even before the con because they did the different packages. And then uh, the fact that there were so many exclusives at different booths at the con, you could easily spend your con experience just tracking down the pins. Sometimes you just have to get it if it's your focus character and that's it. You can't be a completist on everything. Tell that to Duncan and Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I happened to be walking around. It was like the last two hours of the con last celebration. And uh, I happened to be walking by a booth and they had two pins out on their table and they weren't that much of a markup. And sure enough, it was from for- it was Forlam and Zuckus. And I was like, um, I'm going to need these. <laughs> it was like, all right, they're yours. And I was like, that was kind of destiny because I was not looking for these pins at all. I just happened to cross them. Now, also speaking of Celebration London, Marjorie and I will not be there ourselves, but Daryl and Steve the Ginger Prince are going to be covering the event and they're going to be podcasting live from the One Force stage on Saturday. So July 16th, 2016, 10.30 a.m., podcasting live. Of course, all of you not going to London will be able to then hear it recorded later. What I really hope they do this time, that they did last time, was to have such an online presence in regards to StarWars.com, how they video casted so much, had live coverage. I really hope that that's the same thing, because as a school teacher, I'm just hanging out in the summer and be I could sit in front of my, you know, computer for the weekend and live live the experience of the con. So kind of crossing my fingers, they kind of have that same Verizon uh, coverage that they had last time. That would be awesome. I know a lot of people with Celebration Anaheim who watched the J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy panel with better views than I did. I was in a <laughs> screening room near the collecting area and it was okay-ish, but honestly, my computer has a much higher resolution than the projector I was looking at and more vibrant colors and better sound. So I was actually a little envious of those who watched it from home and was live tweeting with them on and Facebooking, but... Yeah, if they do that for Celebration Europe, yeah, I'll be watching a lot of it. The key is, you know, you say you're just, as a teacher sitting at home, and at work I can have video on and things, but there are a good number of hours ahead of us. So it's like when my dad watches the World Cup live. We'll be getting up at like 3 a.m. to see a panel. It's the Star Wars Olympics here. You really <laughs> want to see, you know. Yeah, but the Olympics at least delay the events until prime time in the U.S. It's true. That's true. 
What would be, of course, best is if they just left it online and instead of just streaming, you could watch it whenever you wanted. But then that I, I know there's the counter argument of that takes away some of the fun. Interestingly, San Diego Comic-Con this summer is going to be streaming a lot of their panels live, too. So you actually may have a better time sitting at home, not paying hotel and airfare, ordering all your exclusives from scalpers on eBay and watching the panels on a monitor. Oh, man, I would love, there's no way, but I would love if they would do Hasbro that way. Yeah. Could you just imagine Comic-Con by the pool? You just stay home, go to the pool, watch the panels, buy the toys. Be awesome. Actually, you guys are the ones I uh, I get my Twitter feed out when uh, you guys are at San Diego. Sweet! That means it's working, because one of us does Twitter, and one of us does Facebook, and someone's taking notes and we've got it down but i mean sometimes you gotta tweet real fast because they go through the boom 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 it's a five-person job when we cover those yeah. panels oh yeah it's a little rough at times and my well, i appreciate it brain. thank you <laughs> <laughs> well moving on from conventions to toys from Forlam to Zuckus is all about action figures. I gotta ask, Jake, have you found Wave 3 of the Walmart-exclusive Black Series 3 and 3 quarter inch figs? Why you gotta make me mad on this show today? <laughs> uh, they have not shown hide or hair in the entire Pacific Northwest. And we uh, spoke with Paul Harrison from Jedi Temple Archives last week, and they haven't shown up on the East Coast either. So... Looks like you guys sitting in the middle are the only ones that have access to these figures. They and, haven't shown um, up for us either. They haven't shown up for you, so no. even more down south, maybe. Yeah, these are virtually impossible. Uh, everyone directly that I know who has them has paid from 60 to $90 for the three. Oh. Yep. I saw a couple of them at the Indiana Comic Con for 40 a piece. Oh. And I'm kind of wishing I'd bought them now just to stop going to walmart i feel like i need to become a paid contributor to people of walmart.com just to justify how often i'm in walmart not that i'm seeing crazy people not that i'm not seeing crazy people but that i need another reason for going other than just walking out frustrated it's it's like every time i go a bad high school prom date i've had the luxury if you want to look at it that way, it's stopping at many Walmarts in the central and downstate Illinois region. And I've not seen these anywhere. And I've even gone as far as to ask somebody, I had the stock number. I want to see if they can maybe tell me, oh, they're in the back or, you know, check back on Thursday. But as far as I got is a guy working in the stock room at Walmart that told me he had 41 of each of them in the back, but he couldn't put them out right now. And I'm pretty sure he had no idea what he was talking about. I think that's a good assumption. <laughs> And it's not, it doesn't look good now that uh, the few stores that have got the Black Series in recently, here at least in the Pacific Northwest, is just the, the previous wave. Ours too. We just had a restock of mm -hmm. all the Wave 2 figures. It's like, uh, okay. But I'm not convinced that we didn't miss them. I'm not convinced that you didn't miss them because they did show up. There was that period, you know, in mid-April, where a lot of people were finding them, they were finding a few, like maybe one or two cases per store, and if you weren't one of the first in there when they were put out, you they were gone, like Kaiser Soze. But I'm, I'm not convinced we didn't all just miss them. Uh, don't say that. 
So that's my goal. My goal is not to pay an exorbitant amount of them before I can really confirm that I have missed them. You know, because there's people out there that, you know, as soon as they're on the market, they want to buy it. They'll spend the big dollar to have it first. I'm not that guy. Obviously, we've all been collecting 40 years now. I will wait the game and I will wait until I have officially realized that these are not going to show up at Ross or at Marshall's. Yeah, and yeah. then I will fork out the unfortunate money. But I don't know. I never do it ahead of time. Yeah, I'm looking on eBay right now for the three figures. Let's do price plus shipping lowest first with a buy it now because the auctions you never can really tell. And for the set of three, well, I'm picking this up. <laughs> Get as many as you can. 26 a figure. So double. I'm buying. We're done. Nice. You just popped out at the right time? Yeah, $79.99 for the set of three. Phasma, Leia, and Han. So I don't have to go to Walmart anymore? You don't have to go to Walmart anymore. God. See, it was almost worth the double a figure, but I was seeing, like, triple, quadruple a figure. Well, what happens, oh, yeah. if, if I was checking targets, that'd be a different story, because I can't walk out of Target without buying something. Yeah, it's just, it was time, gas, these things do cost money, and while I don't enjoy rewarding a scalper, I also don't enjoy walking out of Walmart's frustrated time and time again, and I actually feel good. And what it was is I just bought two sets at 80 a set, but I'm seeing them up here 120 a set, and that's, you know, ridiculous. No, it's absolutely ridiculous. But here's the thing. If they show up, you're not going to even know because they're going to show up and be gone. No, no. There's a possibility the floodgates will open and then we just stare at them. In fact, I am known on Marvelicious Toys as the cooler. I may have just helped everybody. (laughs) Because what happens is I give up, I overpay, and then they show up everywhere and like peg warm. So... (laughs) This is probably the first time I may have live recorded a cooling, but (laughs) we'll see if my curse holds. But you know what? I am happy paying basically Black Series six inch prices for these Black Series three and three quarter exclusives. Yeah. And you know what? Chris over at Jedi Business, he got them and, you know, he he liked them a lot more than he thought. You know, the we never really got official press photos for these. We got some, you know, uh, Asian like warehouse website that up pictures of this and uh, the Star Wars May the Fourth droid at the same time. And those were about the only, you know, preview images we ever got of these. And uh, he says in hand, these look a lot better than those. So I don't think you'll be sad with this purchase. I don't think so either. You know, if I thought I would hate myself for it, I wouldn't have bought it. There you go. Well, they're worth what you will pay, right? Well, if you think about how much I was spending in gas... And That's time. True. And all and the uh, incidentals that happen every Walmart trip. So it, It's not as bad as Target. Because Target is like $100 every time you go, I swear. It's not like we were just checking because we were there anyway. It's we were traveling to various cities up to 100 miles away to look for these figures. Oh, yeah. No, that's, yeah, you're definitely then saving on gas time, on, you know, time in general, like you said. No, that's that's completely worth it. Now, I live a mile and a half from a Walmart, so I don't have to expend that much time or energy. Yeah, but you have to go all the time, don't you? Uh, yeah, but... I mean, we, we live by one, too, but it's like the worst one for toys. Yeah, we have a wide web kind of out here in the Pacific Northwest, you know, there's... About every store has got someone that visits it pretty regularly. So as soon as something hits, you know, we, we hear about it. And so one, one person gets it at one store. We're all there at about 11 o'clock to go through boxes that night. You know, how they put the pallets out yeah. early. And so 
Yeah, we're pretty well connected up here. Yeah, I I feel like you would know because of Sarlacc yeah. more than I would know or Paul would know in our areas if we missed them. But I do know some hardcore Star Wars collectors who just aren't part of Sarlacc for whatever reason. They're in Seattle, so it's not a zero chance if they got a case in, but it's true. It, it seems true. slimmer for you guys. That is very, very true. And to those collectors, you really should join Sarlacc if you're up there. We've told them that in person. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like you guys are this, like, hive mind. Whereas here, we're kind of sporadic information. You know, and that was funny. That came up on a recent episode of Toy Run. We were talking about collecting clubs. And, you know, so I started putting together, I'm actually in the process of doing it now, kind of a directory of, you know, collecting clubs across the country. And it's it's funny how few I'm actually finding even have an online presence, you know. And without an online presence, how do you really get people involved? Well, see, and the difference is, I mean, you guys have a really big metro area true we were going to start one after the episode three line party we registered a domain we got daniel to draw us a mascot or a logo daniel falconer who works at weta i i I didn't realize exactly who i was asking of what i was asking for when i first approached him and he he really obliged and knocked it out it's abe lincoln as a jedi it's awesome I mean, we were going to start a Central Illinois collecting club. Then we started a podcast, and it turns out you can do one or the other. That is true. That is true. It's hard to, it's hard to be responsible for all of fandom, Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, also at stores, this week I hit Toys R Us numerous times, and they have finally gotten into the point that it's just sitting on shelves. The three and three quarter inch Takodana Encounter Figure 4-Pack that we saw revealed at Toy Fair. And this is an interesting box. I don't remember getting figures in a box like this before, where it's kind of vertical. I think the closest I can think of is back when they did the Blu-ray releases and they had some 4-Packs. And because they're saving on packaging and making everything multilingual now, the back looks dense. It's like phone book text. Well, it's not that they're saving on packaging by doing that. No, they are. But that's actually a requirement on a lot of things is to have French on them. Okay, but it's not a requirement to have four different languages. What they're doing is international packaging everywhere and saving the money. And Jake, I take it you picked this up as well? Yeah, I was fortunate enough. Actually, uh, Hasbro sent me a set on the day that the Blu-ray came out for The Force Awakens. All right, so you might be slightly biased as you got the figures for free. (laughs) It never hurts. It never hurts. Well, I find that looking at a set, the cost per figure value there is important. This set, Toys R Us, was a $25 set for four figures. And of the four figures... The second shortest one is the only new sculpt or new figure in the package. Yeah, it's definitely, it's almost more of a um, three-figure set and an accessory, right? Because back in the day, BB-8 would clearly be an accessory figure. Don't be droidist. (laughs) For some reason, I thought this was going to come with like a little display too, because at Toy Fair, we saw it in like, like there was a, a cardboard folding thing that looked like the Takadana jungle. And so I thought there would be like a little base to put them on. But no, the 
they could have done it too with the backdrop that's in the box, but the backdrop they used is just kind of, because it's red, I understand I'm looking at like the Takadana, the temple where Maz's bar is, but it really just kind of looks like red brick. That is true. In the past, they did, like especially the Power of the Force, they made a more multi-purpose of their packaging and the fact that you can, you know, even into Power of the Jedi series, you can cut out parts of the package and put it in the, you know, a display that it would come with or a holder of some sort. So they, they kind of expanded the use of the package. But here, yeah, you just kind of get a generic background in a sense. And we'll save the new figure for last. The three other figures that are in here we've got finn which is the finn we got with the yeah the basic version i you know if there might be some slight paint app differences but on my end of the things it's pretty much a reissue i don't see anything that strikes me as anything more significant than the previous release so yeah they've essentially all they've done with this figure in my opinion was to just rename it Whereas it used to be Finn Jakku, now they're giving it the uh, Finn Tokadana label. <laughs> Could you imagine if they did that in the vintage line? Like Luke Skywalker, Death Star. Luke Skywalker, Tatooine. Luke Skywalker, Landing on Yavin. Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Millennium Falcon. Well, they did do a little of that, didn't they, when they reissued in different movies? Yeah, but they could have done four of the same figure per movie. That's true. That's true. And you know what? People today would pay thousands of dollars for every one of them. I mean, this figure has a good sculpt. I liked it in its original Jakku release. I like it here. I think they've done a great job with the facial likeness. I really want to point out that Hasbro's paint apps have really improved over the last year, though. I mean, this is normally something where you'd see him with wonky eyes or his eye would be on his forehead or something. And it's been getting so better. The sloppy paint is gone. Oh, I agree with you. On Finn, we're going to get to sloppy paint. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I got a figure that needs to go back. I spoke too soon. Spoke too soon. But yeah, but overall, I'd say the quality has gone up, especially like since the end of the movie Heroes line. There was just some real, real bad duds coming out of that line. And so they've definitely upped their game for the uh, major release of Force Awakens, in my opinion. Listen, Hasbro couldn't want the figures to be so poorly painted. They couldn't like that. And everything I heard from Hasbro, and admittedly, we're talking to the public face who's not going to just stand there and go, well, it saves us a dime, so deal with it, fanboy. They're going to say they're taking it seriously is the line I always kind of laugh at. You know, if you've ever visited the site, The Consumerist, you realize we're taking it seriously is a complete line. But I think that it was a problem for a while, and it, across both the Marvel and Star Wars lines, it's a problem that seems mostly fixed, although it wasn't a brand new problem, and it still isn't a completely eradicated problem. Again, I remember the Jedi Council set with Yaddle, where it took me like 24 sets before I found one that didn't have sideburns coming down to her mouth. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Now, Finn comes with... Just a standard hand blaster, but it's painted this time. It was just molded gray plastic last time. Yes. Here, it's painted a bit more metallic, and it's either the paint app or there's a very, very faint wash to it. Gotcha. Perfect. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. What you just told me is true. <laughs> the second figure, I'm saving both the best and worst for last. The second figure, 
I don't think we could just get any more basic, though, than a straight re-release of BB-8. Yeah, but it's BB-8. Who cares? Can you have too many BB-8s? This is the, well, technically there are three versions of BB-8 in the Force Awakens line. So this would be the second version that came out, and it's barely different from the verse version. And this is a straight reissue of the second changed version from the multi-pack, from the three-pack, where it had the two Unkar thugs. Mm -hmm. The first one didn't have a peg hole in the bottom. You're correct, and it was much, much lighter. I mean, even to pretty night and day. So yeah, so this is the when they went through and added some heft to it, put the peg hole in the mo- bottom. This came out, that, that second version launched in that three-pack about the same time the Coles set dropped, and that's the same one as well. Mm-hmm. And I ended up picking up both of those because I remember going to store after store and looking up the card's bottom to see if there was a peg <laughs> hole there. But I didn't know there's a third version that came out on that same card? No, it's not on that card. It's the uh, Millennium Falcon set has yeah. a dirty version. So that would be the three. Okay, I knew that one was different too, but okay. So yeah, here, if you were like me and you pre-ordered the first BB-8 release and so you just have the lighter one, you didn't need to go buy more Uncar Thugs like I did, although can you have too many Uncar Thugs? (laughs) But you'd be getting that here, and in which case this would be a new figure for you. True. I mean, it's a cool BB-8. I do like the way it stands and it's got the articulated neck I mean, it's not so cool as to be fully rounded and weighted so that it would wobble. Remember Weebles? That's what this is. I was going to say is this is kind of like a Weeble wobble, but they shaved off the bodice. So it's sort of flat. It's not exactly flat on the bottom. Mm -hmm. But I was wondering because it kind of felt the way it sat down because of the slant that it had a magnet in the bottom. But alas, it does not. It is just poorly cut on the bottom. But I do like that he doesn't, he kind of weebles, but not a whole bunch. I, I would prefer he weebles and he wobbles, but he doesn't fall down technology. That would be a great, a VB8 weeble wobble. My complaint, though, is that his antenna already bent. The antenna are very, very soft plastic, but I think a little hot water, you might be able to straighten them out. Oh, yeah. You know, and I have, I'm looking at all my BB-8s here, and it seems like I have a couple that are made out of a lot, f- much more firm plastic than this one here from the Tokadana. Maybe may have uh, used a softer plastic for this version because I have some that are a little more firm. So the previous release of this in that two-pack with the heavier bottom, is that of more firm plastic? Is this significantly different in that it's a different plastic for the antenna? Oh, man. I wouldn't say significantly. I mean, I think if when you're looking at antennas... As far as antennas go, the Millennium Falcon one is a much thicker antenna than these releases. But no, I don't. I would not say this isn't anything that anybody needs to go out and find, you know. But one does appear a bit more firm than the other. Then third, we get the Ray Takadana figure, who is previously the Ray Starkiller base snow figure. And this is the one that either she's a sloppy eater or I got some real dirty paint on her chin. I think you may have got a, yeah, Ray after she's finished a few portions. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking that she might want to learn some table manners. Mine looks pretty clean. She's pretty good. And you know what? The main difference from this one is we're finally past the debut of the film and we can all reveal all Ray's secrets. 
except who she's related to. <laughs> and that would be that she has a lightsaber. Yes. So you no longer have to take the Resistance Ray figure's lightsaber and put it in this hand. You now you get it in this one. So you guys don't spend the next three days dealing with Facebook and reporters? I don't know why you get DCMAs for showing a figure bought in Walmart, but yet somebody can leak a video with episode 8's title and everybody's fine. <laughs> Do you think that's the title? No. No, I don't think so either. You get two lightsabers with her. This does not have a removable blade. You just get the hilt or the ignited saber. She also comes with her staff weapon from Jakku. Did she have that on Takodana? Did she have that? Well, did she leave it on the Falcon? Yeah, I don't think she walked into Maz's with it. And we know that she didn't battle Kylo Ren with it. So, yeah, I think that was left on the ship, I would assume. Unlike, um... Finn's blaster, which I think was confiscated and never picked up, and then back again at the end. And straight from the Starkiller base figure, because, I mean, I'm torn on this. By releasing every accessory and more, anyone who's an opener and a completist just wasted their money by buying Starkiller base Ray. <laughs> but by the same token, for those who aren't completists, you wouldn't need to go buy Starkiller Base Ray just to get the backpack or the staff. <laughs> but you do get both of those here, which is kind of cool. Of course, why the lightsaber hilt is important is you get this little rubbery chest, and it's from Maz Kanata's basement, and you could put the lightsaber hilt in it and reenact with 5 POA her finding the lightsaber. Now if we can only get all the parts of her vision now in 5 POA, that would be great. I'll take the Knights of Ren. I'll take the... <laughs> I want to get the guy who was not Zuvio, Zuvio getting stabbed. Yeah, what's that guy's story? But you want to talk soft plastic. The lid of this chest is hysterical to me. It's so floppy. It, it's, <laughs> you know, it doesn't stay up. It doesn't stay down. Once you lift it up, it's always up. Wasn't there like... You know what this reminds me of? Oh, my God. Do you remember the parquet ads where it would talk and say yeah, butter? Parquet. Because the, butter. the the sides are like tilted upwards like it's smiling at me. It looks like the parquet ad. Yeah, it has more of a uh, book cover for a lid than an actual wooden box. Mm -hmm. But that enables them to not have to pay for a hinge and you can still open and close it. They just use the world's softest rubber. That's true. But what, will that open and close in 20 years or will that be like uh, everyone's Dagobah play sets that are just kind of the marsh is just gone to pieces? Yeah, the loose ones, if the people open and close it a lot, they're just going to snap from where and the boxed ones, you'll never know because no <laughs> one will open them. But Let's get to the newness here. The brand new figure, the one worth going into detail about, Maz Kanata. She's so tiny. She has such dainty hands, too. I'm almost afraid to touch her. Hey, there's actually, like, it appears some sort of plastic lens in her glasses, too. Yeah, those are soft rubber. You can actually, I wouldn't suggest it, but you could pull them away from her eyes a little bit. You certainly can. I'll never do that again. Yeah, it's a nice little feature that they added. It actually does, you know, magnify her eyes, much like they do in the film, you know, beyond their normal length, uh, normal size. So it's a nice little perk that they put in there. But yeah, they can't be rotated or, or flipped up. And, uh, you know, you kind of, you're, you're at risk a little bit if you want to pull them away from the eyes too much. But they are a, a definite addition to this, you know, pretty much solidly molded figure. 
I want to really compliment the figure on its paint, though. I mean, look at how many colors we've got going on on this figure. The legs are molded in this, like, maroonish, or what would you call that color of paint? It's maroon, kind of yeah. like aubergine. But then you've got the grayish boots with a different color red strap and the orangish belt with the beige attachment and then you've got two different colors of like bronze on this little thing on her hip they did not need to provide two different colors there but it adds so much and then they use that orange again on the other leg for the pouch there's just a lot of paint going on there and then the upper body is molded in the green and they've painted on you know the belt with two colors there the tan the gold the brown for the necklace which is a different brown than anything else the gold and silver on her wristlets and orange and then they gave her neck a weird kind of green white wash and then painted the face this is an amazing paint job on like a two inch figure Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, this figure stands out. The paint apps are fantastic. The sculpting is spot on. For a 5 POA, this is a pretty great figure. I mean, even the details in her shirt or sweater that she's wearing really looks like a threaded pattern. So they, uh, they, they have gone all out on this figure. And I wonder if that's just because, you know, this was where all the energy can go into since they essentially reissued three other figures, you know, uh, unchanged, so they could really put some extra time, love, and care into this. And I dare say that even if we were still getting super articulated figures in the main release, for a figure of this size, we might not have gotten too much more. I mean, how many Yodas were released with 5 for 7 POA when they were releasing 30 POA on the full-sized figures. No, you're very right. I was thinking about that. What would this look like in a super articulated version? And the only thing I could really come up with was that that little uh, vest she wears might be an additional rubber piece. But other than that, I, th this figure, yeah, there, there's not a lot of expansion for it. I would think elbows and wrists would be the big two. That is true. But that's where you could put them. I'm not saying that even in a higher articulation line, you would put them there. So with this paint job, this sculpt, it's rare that I get a figure in this 5 POA line that I am completely satisfied with as a definitive version of that figure. I want the Black Series or the Vintage Collection or something to make higher articulated versions of all these figures except Zuvia. <laughs> or I want Black Series 6-inch versions of these figures. But for me, you have a definitive Maz Kanata. I agree. This, this figure is spot on. The only thing I don't understand or, you know, I maybe didn't see is the blaster. The accessory is the only thing that, you know, is, you know, the only thing I question. Otherwise, it's a great figure. Yeah, the blaster is just kind of there. Did she use a blaster in episode seven? I don't remember. I remember her handing weapons out. I don't remember her. No, she handed, yeah, she handed Finn the saber, right? Yeah. And that was, I think, the extent of seeing her yeah, that always that that's a scene I don't quite understand. Is it automatically assumed that when the uh, the first order invades Ma's castle, everyone automatically gets up and starts shooting? I mean, because what? Who is the army that they're fighting before? You know, the resistance comes in. Is everyone's like, yeah, defend Ma's? I got to think that they're just all anti-imperial. 
except for you know the spy or or except the uh, crimson corsair who's that dude we're out of here he starts blowing <laughs> up the ship right <laughs> So I'm not going to judge this figure too much for having the gun, but you know what this reminds me of is, man, this figure takes me back and it makes me six again because it's like Red Snaggletooth or Yoda, this tiny figure that looks cool and comes with a weapon you never saw in the movie. Absolutely. And that's the that's the joy I get from the 5 POA. Of course, we know that there's all sorts of opinions on whether in 2016 toy companies should be giving us five POA when we've gotten 20 POA before. But you know what? To me, as a longtime collector, I am that niche that I'm like, this is a great figure. This is exactly like you said. This is a throwback to the little figures of yore, and I have no problems. Yeah, I mean, I've come around on the five POA when they started doing them for the new movies. When they were just doing figures we'd had honestly better versions of in the past of from the original trilogy i just wasn't excited but when we started getting all of these force awakens characters in gorgeous sculpts with decent paint maz is astounding paint but by and large just overlooking the entire 5 poa line decent paint i'm more than happy to have this be the continuation of my 5 poa line and the six inch be my continuation of super articulated highly detailed figures Do you think it's potentially a brilliant battle strategy by Hasbro to not give us the quintessential super articulated version from the beginning, from the get-go? Because now they guarantee that, you know, they put some articulation on these figures and we're going to go crazy. Hence, the Walmart line no one can find and is willing to pay double, triple, four. I wonder if this is a, you know, let's start them off slow. Because if you think about since the resurgence of the modern line in 95, those were five to six POAs and they had room for improvement. They had the He-Man sculpt and then they had a little more articulation, then a little more articulation and then a great amount of articulation. And then they went back to five POA for Attack of the Clones. They became little statues. True, true. But then (laughs) for the vintage collection, they pulled it back out, all the stops. And like you said, it was a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people to get like at the end of the movie heroes line when they did that really awful Lando skiff guard figure that didn't even have a removable helmet his paint apps were blurry uh, you know people are like whoa what's happening here because they've had better so then when a fresh movie comes along we're like heck I'll take any figure you want to give me and so Hasbro might know hey let's start them slow because now in two three four years we can give them a super articulated Maz a super articulated Zuvio a super articulated kanji club guy because i know you're craving for one of those right all i really want is a three and three quarter inch scale rathtar yes i'm with they you. need to get the beasts back going and and the giant like hippo looking thing that was dragging bb8 away i i want to get back to that the Hapabor, mm-hmm. that thing is awesome. And I don't know if uh, you saw that I uh, posted a few pics of it. I actually picked it up. Uh, the Disney Parks has a big latex version, and it is in scale with the six-inch line, and it looks fantastic. Highly recommend it. Who put that out? Disney. It's Disney Parks exclusive. It's one oh, of their wow. la- latex figures. It's like 27 bucks, and you can get a in-scale six-inch Hapabor. Wow. Four. I'm going to have to see if I can find that on eBay. Or that Disney uh, Parks app. Yeah. Might be on there. Yeah, good point. But to your original point there, I don't think anyone knows what will happen two years from now. 
<laughs> I don't think that Hasbro is trying to be savvy and deny us highly articulated figures. What I have heard from people with Hasbro and people who've left Hasbro is that making a six inch figure doesn't cost all that much more than creating a three and three quarter inch figure, but the perceived value of the bigger figure is more. And so we're willing to pay 20, 25 for a six inch figure. But to keep doing these three and three quarter inch, people bailed around the $10 mark. They weren't selling enough to make the line viable. And the fact that so many of the Walmart Black Series figures are sitting around, the fact that, as we both mentioned, Wave 2 has reshipped in our area means there's warehouses of them. And when I talked to Hasbro at New York Comic Con, they said if the Walmart line does gangbusters, they'd be able to justify a mainstream highly articulated figure line again, not exclusive. And I don't know that at 13 a figure, I mean, admittedly on this show, I paid 24 a figure or so, but I don't know that by and large, the mass market is going to sustain $15 three and three quarter inch figures. Good point. It's really hard to say what their thoughts are at Hasbro because they claim that the six-inch TIE Fighter is a is a really good seller for them. And I don't know if your stores are anything like ours, but I can go buy 20 of those probably around town right now. And, yeah, uh, we have exactly one in town, and it's been there for about four months. So, yeah, so I don't know quite what their forecast was and how they classify that they met it because, you know, maybe these are going to be considered gangbusters since we can't find them, but maybe they only made 25 of them. I definitely plan on asking the next time we see them at San Diego, but I just think that the cost for high articulation became too much. I'm shocked that they just kept raising the price of the 5 POA, but why I say no one knows is it's a lot of things outside of their control, truthfully. I'm not a Hasbro defender. I'm not going to take them, you know. When they screw up, I try to call them on it, and I try to be impartial. But I You're not a hater. No, I'm not a hater. I'm not a defender. I try to be fair in all things. And they can't control the rising cost of Chinese labor. They can't control the rising cost of plastics. So these things, when they have to look at how many paint passes they make and how many joints they make it costs them a lot more to make an articulated figure. And so I don't think that they're sitting there. I, I refuse to believe, and I hear so many collectors basically say this, kind of, you know, no offense, Jake, but when you say this, I wonder if they're scheming. You know, I just picture uh, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons sitting there running Hasbro. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I think they want to give cool toys and they want to make money. And I think if they could keep selling them, do you think they like not having a Joe line out for the anniversary? I mean, it's just they, they do what the market can bear. That's true. And, you know, I, I, scheming is extreme. I, I agree with you on that. But, you know, we also need to step back and, you know, and I tell people this often, you know, we get wrapped up in it because we're so longtime collectors. We're mm -hmm. so passionate about this stuff. But these are really kids' toys. These are meant for the hands of, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, you know. They have to create their product, you know, to meet the demand of that audience. And that audience is not as sophisticated as they were 
10 years ago when kids were crazy for Clone Wars and the action figure, even the Clone Wars line was super articulated, you know, and labor. And like you said, costs were, you know, different back then than they are now. So there's a lot of different strategies that they need to take into account in regards to the pricing of these figures. And I think Jason from Yak Face, when we had him on the show, he said it best. He's like, you know what? I'm happy with the five POA figure as long as, you know, if that meant not getting a figure at all. I'm there with you, too. And I will only say one thing, though, to that. I think you're completely right, except I don't think the 6-inch are intended to be kids' toys. I think they're overpriced for kids' toys. I think they're hitting that, like, NECA adult collector market. And it's rare to see Hasbro intentionally targeting us. You know, we want them to target us. When I go to the media events, it's all us. (laughs) You know, you you don't have the seven-year-old blogger there. (laughs) And I know for 10 years of covering Star Wars toys, for the first seven, the question was always, how do you appease collectors and appease kids? That was always a tightrope Hasbro was trying to walk. I feel that with the six-inch line, they're appeasing the collectors. And with the three-and-three-quarter-inch line, there's a lot of collectors like you and I, Jake and Marjorie, who are really enjoying the line, but we aren't the target there. No, no, you're correct. At least they don't have action features. (laughs) That's true. But even with the six-inch line, they're a little more restrictive than they are with, like, the Marvel Legends line. We don't get a -a Build-A-Figure anymore or that type of additional accessory. And so there's a whole nother level of, even when you're talking about collector lines, how come Star Wars is that lower tier, you know? And it might be because of the license, the premium costs that they, you know, to even produce it. They have to pay for those. You know, the the markup for a Star Wars license is probably more than a Marvel license. So, yeah. <laughs> now, there have also been a couple items on sale online this week. You do vinyl, Jake? In regards to Funko Pop, only... No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about record albums, as they said in Greece, too. I stopped at the picture disc for Return of the Jedi in 19, what, 84, I think it dropped. <laughs> wow. I've been getting hardcore into vinyl. I have yet to buy that $200 vinyl set of all the movies because honestly, I like vinyl more for its collectible aspects and the picture discs and things than I ever actually play a record. But they just announced a vinyl set I think I'm just going to have to get. Available from DisneyMusic.shop.musictoday.com. Sure. Rolls right off the tongue. They're re-releasing The Force Awakens on a 2LP set with holograms in the vinyl. One has the Falcon and one has a TIE Fighter, one side. Saw that. It looks very cool. Then it actually kind of rotates and moves as the uh, record plays, yeah? When I saw the little YouTube video where they were rotating it and things. It's like, how is that even doable? How does that exist? But just seeing it rotate on the turntable and everything, it's 50 bucks. But I think that's, again, a highly collectible, cool item that I will be getting. No, yeah. For for people who are collecting vinyl, it's 
It's a very cool piece. It's unique. It's different than anything that's come before. Absolutely. Holograms are becoming quite the popular collectible now. And I know, Jake, you focus a lot on action figures. Do you get into higher-end statue collecting and hot toys and that sort of thing? No, I, you know what, I consider myself a toy collector. And when I pay, you know, when people are paying two to $300, you know, for a 12-inch figure, I just, I, I have a hard time classifying that as a toy. So that's kind of what pulls me out. So things that are more toy based, that's my focus and I'll leave the uh, higher end stuff to uh, you. (laughs) Well, Sideshow put up for pre-order a first order Stormtrooper premium format figure recently. And I've talked about this on the show. They've gone up in price a lot from when I used to buy them. This is a $500 statue with a plain base. Or pretty, it's not a huge base the way previous $500 premium formats had been. But man, it is gorgeously sculpted. It's so much of an improvement over the original series Stormtrooper I have from them. Just with the ribbing in the outfit, you know, kind of like the conduit and the neck and the elbow pads and everything. And the reflectiveness of the armor that shows up in these pictures. It's one really nice piece that for $500 I'll probably be passing on. Yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate that even when they start pricing out longtime collectors like yourself on some of these pieces, you know? What they've done is I was a premium format completist at one point and I had all of them, every one they did. And as the price went up, I then had to really pick and choose my favorites or the best versions of my favorites because they've also teased a new Darth Maul premium format. Now, I have their original Darth Maul premium format that we reviewed on the show when it was a new release in like 2006. But now the new one is coming out and I gotta say, they re-released Boba Fett and I do like the new Boba Fett a lot better. And they re-released Darth Vader And I was kind of torn on which one I liked better. And now they were doing a new Darth Maul. I like the old one a lot better. This one is Darth Maul basically standing there with his lightsaber at his side. And with the facial expression, it honestly looks like he's in the long checkout line at Celebration. Yeah, it it looks like the I'm disappointed in you face. (laughs) He's like holding that lightsaber like, if you don't check out quickly, I'm going to cut you. Maybe he's frowning at his own uh, resurrection. (laughs) And this is just Phantom Menace Darth Maul. We're not looking at a Clone Wars Darth Maul or anything like that. And this is their third premium format Darth Maul. They did do uh, Roboleg Darth Maul with the giant horns. And then, of course, the old one I have, which I like him more. He's just, he's scowling. He's in a more action-oriented pose. It's the kick-ass Darth Maul that I fell in love with in 99. But for those who missed out, I know that that's a big reason for redoing a lot of characters is for new people. But it's kind of nice for you, though, if they're making something that's a little bit subpar in your opinion. You're not too worried about losing out on that and you get to save a few dollars in the process. I'm pretty sure he'll be 500 or 550. It looks like he's going to come with a light up saber. That Stormtrooper is 500 with no like gimmicks. Yeah, I'm sure they look great. But again... I know a lot of action figure, you know, collectors, it's it's hard to also transition into those higher, higher, you know, premium figures. 
uh, or statues, especially when, you know, in years past, there was so much action figure and more affordable merch that was thrown at us. We probably were spending $500 every few months, but yeah, it's hard to think about, you know, $500. How many action figures is that? (laughs) That's funny because the currency in our household is hot toys. Yes, the Sideshow statue is two hot toys. Yep. When I look at doing side gigs, well, how many hot toys am I getting paid? (laughs) They look great. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not worth the dollar. It's just, it's interesting what the value of a 12-inch figure will go for nowadays. Because, you know, Hasbro tries to pump them out at $9, and then there's others that pump them out at $300. And you can, you know, ride a bicycle or drive a Porsche. I mean, (laughs) that's the comparative I would make. And not a nice bicycle like hipster bicyclists. I mean, like my old three-speed Schwinn. Yeah, or one you found at the Goodwill, you know. (laughs) Finally up for order online over at our sponsor, Dorkside Toys. Every time I go to their site, which is almost daily, I am just taken in by their top banner and how cute some of those Funko Pop tees look. I have a huge problem with Funko Pop tees, and that problem is that I have to own a lot of them. And they are super, super cute. I love how they're doing them now with like little scenes and adding more than just the figure. Because when they first came out, it was just the pop figure on the shirt. I've got one of the very first ones they did. But I like how they've done them now and they've got the little scenes on them. I love the BB-8. With the thumbs up flame. Yes, it's super cute. And that one's a pre-order. Estimated arrival June. Doesn't give a date. That should be any day now. The Boba Fett one is really cool, too. I love, love, love them. I love what they've done with these. That BB-8 is my favorite. I love the First Order Stormtrooper. That's FN-2199, the riot trooper with his weapon there. And you know what gets me with these shirts is basically I buy the shirts for you, but I have a secret. I keep all of the little cardboard cutout standees for me. I know. It's not a secret. So I have all these little like cardboard pops that are in the pose here. So they're more posed, more stylized than Funko gets with their actual figures. And honestly, if you are looking for a gift for somebody, these make great gifts because they have a great box that they come in. It's nice, neat and folded and a little flat window box. They're super great. I love these. And also while at Dorkside Toys, if you're looking to troop build some six inch figures, they've got sets of four of Black Series Snow Troopers and set of four Black Series Flame Troopers. And some people are still hunting for a Phasma. She's in stock and ships within 24 hours at Dorkside Toys. And we thank them for the support of our show. All right. Well, listen, Jake, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us. And remember, listeners, head to From Forlom to Zuckus. They're on Facebook where I follow them. And just another great Star Wars collecting resource. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. You know, uh, you asked me on and I was pretty excited because you guys, of course, are the, you know, the the forefather and mother of Star Wars podcasting. I've been listening for years and it's even to the point now where your opening song like pings a little note of nostalgia in me now when I hear it. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, OK, this is good. This is, you know, driving to work or doing the dishes or something. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, I think... Uh, Chris has already reached out to you. We'll love to have you on when you guys uh, are probably done with your crazy con season whirlwind that'll take place this summer. We'll have you on Toy Run. That would be absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. It's our pleasure. Listeners, thank you for joining us. And until next week, may the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Nope, nope. Oh, hey. you talk, you love, you love.
Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. This podcast is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. We rely on listener support to keep the show going. You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to SWActionNews.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us an MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is always looking for new people to help with the show. You can find a list of skills we need on our blog at VenganzaMedia.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Jay. Photo editing by Scott and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Andrew, Brock, Daryl, Jerry, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2016, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. I, what I said was, ooh, and what I said is I'm going to drop every accessory in this freaking case. <laughs> um. As far as antennas go, the Millennium Falcon one is a much thicker antenna than these releases. And you know, the thickness does matter more than the length. <laughs> I know, I'm biting my tongue here trying to uh, <laughs> describe these uh, short, pointy things. But one does appear a bit more firm than the other. I said it. <laughs> it's hard when you're talking about action figures. You just sometimes gotta mm, say it.